All right. Welcome back to another episode of Real Talk. Jeff here. Brad, how are you, man? Dude, I am doing so well. NFL football in two days. Just had some college football over the weekend. We made it. The wait is over. We did, in fact, make it. Uh, College football this weekend was, how do I say, amazing. It was just epic feeling. I was able to uh, attend the Michigan game over the weekend, and just the atmosphere of fans in the crowd made me literally relove sports all over again. Um, I'm very pumped for Thursday night. I got my, for the YouTube crowd, I got my Tom Brady shirt on. Let's go. Let's go. So, uh, I'm very excited for Thursday kickoff and, and, uh, obviously this weekend when the Patriots play the Dolphins and other games too. I'm excited to just see what we've been predicting and see it unfold. So mm-hmm. we're gonna, we're gonna get us started here. It's, this is a fun episode. We got a lot of stuff planned and very little time to get to it. So we'll go ahead and get started, but we, we want to start off with the mailbag questions. We only got a couple of them today. Um, we had uh, reached out to the Facebook real talk group. And these are the questions we got back. First one was from, uh, Kyle Miller asking the biggest breakout star in year two. So a rookie from last year coming into year two, who's breaking out. I have a name as far as uh, somebody under the radar, but obviously there's probably some more obvious ones too. Who's yours? Yeah. Um, I think two guys who were good last year that will leap into that elite bracket are running back Jonathan Taylor and wide receiver CD Lamb from the Cowboys. I think both those guys enter, you know, top 10. Well, top 10, there might already even be there in some people, but I think they could be just, you know, when you start to make your tiers at positions, they will be in the one category. But I think someone who will make a massive leap, who may have found his partner in crime for the next, who knows, maybe eight, ten years, I think LaVisca Chenault Jr. down there at Jacksonville. I think he's going to be an absolute nightmare for defenses. I was huge on him coming out of UCF, and now he's got Trevor Lawrence. They tore it up in the preseason together. You can tell he's already his favorite target. I think he's going to explode. Yeah, you're you're good. So there's three names that immediately came to mind that, in my opinion, aren't even worth mentioning. You brought up one of them, CeeDee Lamb. You brought up another one, Jonathan Taylor. The third one's Justin Jefferson. In my opinion, those three were just, come on. They were Pro Bowl-level talents last year. They'll they'll be well on their way to that coming this year. Um, For me, uh, I wanted to go with LaVisca Chanel as well. But I think it's fine sometimes we're just on the same page. I think I'm going to shift, though. Michael Pittman Jr. having a big rookie year with the Colts. I think this could be a year with Wentz, with a solid quarterback and a foundation with a running game. Watch out for Michael Pittman Jr. just to be that that steady guy to really, really elevate himself and that offense this year. Yeah, um, I, I did think about Justin Jefferson as well. It's a, I mean, he's a – I just – the only reason I didn't want to say breakout in year two is because, I mean, like – all he has to do is exactly what he already did. I mean, he was he, he already broke out so far. I mean, it's just yeah. I don't know how much more you can build on that. I mean, he's already, you know, top top eight receiver in the league. I mean, he came in and I don't know. I mean, you look at his numbers, most receiving yards by a rookie in NFL history. So, yeah, for itself. Um, Jen Fisher was the second person to ask uh, a question. She's asking. I think she's playing to your your typical week one question that everybody right. asks. You tell them, but it's your week one survival pick. Yeah, I know um, probably give this on Real Talk Live, but do you want to go ahead and give it now too? Yeah, I, I will give it on Real Talk Live. Uh, as you guys know, I've done survival for one year, and I made it through the whole year. So 
we're batting a thousand here. But um, I'll give you guys three. Some people do multiple entries and want to mix it up. I will go from least confident to most confident, but these are the three choices I have. Um, least confident, but good pick. I would go Ravens over Raiders Monday night. I think the Ravens are a well-oiled machine. Even without Dobbins, they'll have Gus Edwards. I, You know, you can say they don't have Bateman, but they still have the same offense they did last year. Add Sammy Watkins. Defense is still top tier. I think they will beat the Raiders. The two I'm most confident in, definite picks. I have them in my leagues. The Buccaneers over the Cowboys Thursday night. No Zach Martin. The two tackles returning from not really playing last year. Bucks return all their starters. Um, the Buccaneers are just a strong team. I even think they'll cover the spread. Um, I think the Buccaneers win big. And then my most confident, 49ers-Lions. We have a team who was injury-ridden last year. They're going to be a top team this year. Uh, actually, spoiler for tomorrow, I have them winning the NFC West. Um, and they're going to a team I don't believe in in any game this year, the Lions. So I would take the 49ers if you only have one pick. Yeah, so there's there's two that I wrote down here because I had a feeling you would take at least one of them. The 49ers and the Lions, that's the easy one. 49ers are going to beat the Lions comfortably on Sunday. Um, bet the house on that one. I also love the Panthers, and I have them beating the awful Jets. Sam Darnold going against his formal team. Um, there is a game that I know a lot of people are banking on, and I've heard it talked either way, but I want to give the Real Talk audience a avoid game. Avoid taking the Jacksonville Jaguars to beat the Houston Texans. That's why I didn't say it. Avoid taking it. I know Houston's going to be terrible, and Jacksonville is probably going to be slightly better than terrible. Don't do it. Houston starting Tyrod Taylor. He's a veteran quarterback in this league. He's played a lot of games, more games than Trevor Lawrence could even dream about playing. And hopefully Trevor does play that many games eventually. But Tyrod has played a ton of games in this league. They also have a mixture of running backs that are, again, veterans that know how to carry the ball. And they're a team that is heavily doubted at home. Don't bet on the Jags. I'm not saying they're not going to win. I would pick them to win. Don't put them as your survival. Avoid that game. Um, I I have a couple questions for you. Um, I'll try to answer them as well. And if you have some, how many, do you have any questions for me? Yeah, I got a couple, but you can go ahead and go first. Well, yeah, we'll just go ahead and go back and forth. So, um, 2020, the the passing yard leader in the league was Deshaun Watson. Who do you think leads it in 2021? Um, I'm going with Patrick Mahomes. Um, maybe that's maybe that's just an obvious answer, but when you got a guy that they've now lost the Super Bowl. You know, they're coming back hungrier than ever. Travis Kelsey just got paid. Mahomes has been paid. Tyreek Hill's got his money. And he's, he just always throws the ball in the yard. He's always going to be a top five guy. I think this year, my money's on Mahomes to lead the league in passing again. I think the Chiefs, as good as they are and as good as they have been, I feel like they have something to prove. After winning the Super Bowl, losing it last year, they want to get back to it. They're on a mission this regular season. I like Patrick Mahomes. There's a couple other guys that could, but. Go do you have a bold prediction on that or no? A bold prediction? Yeah. I mean, I don't know about like a okay. I wouldn't be surprised, or I you I know this is something to look out listen, for. Listen, I, I'm not gonna go with wouldn't be surprised. I'm gonna go with would be surprised. Someone out of the blue that I don't think anybody's going on that I am. I am really high on this year. He's got two good receivers and a running back who catches the ball and is an elite all star. Sam Darnold, 
they're going to throw the ball a lot. Robbie Anderson's a deep threat. DJ Moore has had 1,200 yards uh, back-to-back seasons. Again, both of his running backs are home run threats, Chuba Hubbard and Christian McCaffrey. He's going to have a lot of four-yard passes that go 20-plus this year with the amount of receiving weapons they have. I do think he does have the talent. And he's you asked for a dark horse, he's it. But I'm going to lock in Mahomes. Yeah. Um, for my prediction, I'm going Josh Allen. I think they have way too many weapons. Just way too many weapons. Diggs, um, Beasley, and then they added Emmanuel Sanders, which nobody's talking about for some reason. I just they have even has a connection with them. They're four deep. Yeah, they got weapons. Uh I think Josh Allen is gonna lead the league in in passing yards. My go ahead. I just only didn't I the only reason I thought Josh Allen I just look at having Miami secondary and the Patriots secondary for four games out of his season. Yeah. yeah. I, I, that's tough. Yeah. Um, plus, I don't love Buffalo's running game, and I think they're going to have to throw it. Personally, that's, that's part true. of it. That's true. I think that's our one weakness. Um, moving. Oh, my bold prediction. Somebody that has led the league in passing yards before, but is probably not thought to do it this year because of the coach and the way that this team is built around the run. Matthew Stafford of the Rams. Watch out for him to lead the league in passing, having Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. And you're pooping on this because you're not high in the Rams. But watch out. I'm not pooping on him. I just, every time I turn on a TV or talk to, I tell my friends at volleyball or work or here, it's like, I just don't understand why I'm, I mean, I haven't found one other guy who agrees with me on holding back on the Rams this year. And I just, maybe I'm going to eat it, but I just, it's just another time I'm reminded that I'm so far all by myself on this island of the Rams aren't going to be sweet, but he could do it. We'll see. Uh, I can go with another one unless you got one. For leading league in passing? No, no, for a question. Oh, okay. Um, Something new, and maybe some people didn't know this, but the NFL is implementing the Hawkeye replay system into the NFL this year. They're adding it to where, yeah. So a lot of people didn't know this, but whatever company broadcasted a game, got to choose which replay angles the officials got to see. So it was limited. Sometimes they were only seeing what we saw on TV, not every single camera angle available. Hawkeye replay system is, um, it's pretty big in like tennis, you know, quickly deciding if a ball was in or out. It's used in other sports. But the NFL has done away with the broadcasting partners um, choosing the angles. And refs now have access to every single angled camera that's on this field to decide replays, including the sky cam that goes over the field. They can now use that for the first time. So I was just curious on, like, one, your thoughts on why why were broadcasters allowed to choose? And secondly, is that a good thing or bad thing for the NFL, you think? First time hearing about it. This is complete news to me. Uh, to answer the first part of your question, is this good? I, yeah, I think it is. I think it's great. I think that only makes we we constantly. And I know that I'm not a ref hater. I'm, I'm not somebody that's beating on the refs. But the biggest question a lot of people ask is, how are you physically able to review something and get it wrong? That's the biggest problem with reviews. Hopefully, this helps with that. Hopefully, they get every possible angle to get the best possible outcome. Um, I love it. As far as why we're network, you know, able to 
because it's garbage and it's probably an old rule that's just been around for so long that nobody ever stepped up to change and hopefully that this is the reason they did so yeah um for any of you guys listening uh maybe you already have seen it but um if you watch uh the pat mcafee show at all he has a tidbit when they kind of talked about how this is new and what it really truly can mean to the NFL in a positive way. He has a nice little uh, segment on it on his show or go on to NFL.com and read about it a little more. It's kind of shocking that we had to wait till 2021 to be able to get something like this. Replay should be an ally. Not like you said, we watch it for four minutes, come on, get back to the game, and then they still get it wrong. That's it's very, very annoying. Yeah. Uh, my question to you, 2020 2020- Rushing yard leader was Derrick Henry. Who leads it in 2021? Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor leads the league in rushing. Uh, he was third third in the league in rushing last year, and he had 156 less attempts than Derrick Henry, which would add another third to his total. He played in all uh, 15 of the 16 games, but he wasn't the starter till you know about a month month or so into the season. Um, they uh, their depth chart. You look at the center Ryan Kelly, uh, left guard Quentin Nelson. They signed Pro Bowl left tackle Eric Fisher from the Chiefs after he's released. They have an incredibly strong offensive line. I believe Carson Wentz's mobility and their ability to move the ball down the field will open up things in the running game. They're going to be a ground and pound team. I like Jonathan Taylor to actually lead the league in rushing this year. Do you have a bold prediction to go along with that? Honestly, I thought people would feel he would be the bold prediction. Um, so I'm going to say no, I do not have a bold prediction because I, I think it will be him. Yeah. Um, I think my prediction would traditionally be Derrick Henry here. But with the addition of Julio Jones, I think they do finally take a step back with Henry and save him for the playoffs. I don't think you'll see that 2,000-yard production. Um uh, it's this is a really tough one for me. I've been going back and forth, but I think it's Dalvin Cook only because I think he's the guy there. I think he's the workhorse back. Um, I've been trying to think of all the other teams that really use their running backs um, as the workhorse backs, and Dalvin Cook is that guy. I think he leads the league. My dark horse, though, Lamar Jackson, a 17th game. Um, his starting running back goes down. His third string running back just went down. So it's literally him and Gus Edwards. Watch out for Lamar Jackson to lead the league in rushing this year. Yeah, I will say another team that may lean heavily on him is Alvin Kamara. Um, Traditionally, he's a catcher and a passer. He's a strong candidate for all purpose yards to lead the league. But um, they may have to rely on him more in the rushing game. And as you shared to the group today, Latavius Murray's off the the depth chart. So there's a little bit more room in there. Yeah. Got another question? Um, I just, just, I want to confirm you hate this taunting penalty too, right? We don't even have to get into it. You just hate how taunting is a point of emphasis in the NFL. No, like that, like obviously things can go too far, but I mean, I've yet, I've yet to hear anybody defend the penalty. And it sound okay to me because I've heard some people try to defend the taunting. Like it shouldn't be in the league. And it just doesn't come across as a as a, a point of emphasis to me. Like, I just don't give a shit. Like, who cares if they're taunting? And the the, the example I'm going to use, and this isn't, this isn't always going to be the case, but I'm going to use this example. So there was a running back, 
I forget the team. I forget the player. This happened in the preseason. I think he was playing for the Chargers. I'm not 100% sure, though. Where he carries the pile to a first down. What's that? He's the Colts player. Okay. He carries the pile, all right, and gets up and makes a slight, like, like puffs like his turns chest. His arms yeah, turns, turns his arms, his arms in. Does the chest pump and then moves on. They flag him for taunting. The taunting fine was like $15,000 or something like that. And it ended up being like 20% of his practice squad salary because he's a practice squad player. That, yeah. that is insane. Not everybody can fork over 15 grand like they're Derrick Henry or Alvin Kamara or Dalvin. You know what I mean? Like that's not everybody that it's not chump change to every player. It's just crazy to me that it's a, that's a thing. It's wild. Yeah. What I really worry about the taunting penalty is when you get into Bears-Packers games or Steelers-Ravens games or, yeah. you know, those rivalry games where emotions are always high. You know, Cowboys-Eagles, that's going to get messy. So, yeah, that's when I don't like it. Yeah. Um, 2020 receiving yards leader, Stephon Diggs, who leads the league in receiving yards this year. Um, again, I kind of went with a duo here. I think Tyreek Hill is going to do it. I think Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. I believe Hill finished like fifth, fifth or sixth maybe last year in receiving because I think Kelsey was actually ahead of him. I think Kelsey finished second or third. So um, I like Tyreek Hill. I also um, I like DK Metcalf to have a chance this year. Going into year three with Russ, I think they're going to let him cook a little bit. And uh, DK, man, he's gotten better every year. So I don't see that stopping. Um, I think – my prediction is an easy one. It should have been this guy, but he was hurt for two games. Devontae Adams. It should be Devontae Adams. I think it will be Devontae Adams. But uh, probably my dark horse, Justin Jefferson. Watch out for him to take that leap with Adam Thielen's production potentially just backing up, going down. And I think that that's something that uh, – isn't out of the realm for him. I think he's a player that in an offense that does try to throw it a lot. Um, they have always been a running team, but for some reason they've always thrown it a lot, even though they're a running team. Watch out for Justin Jefferson to lead the league in, in receiving yards this year. Little dark horse. Watch out for Kamara to lead the league in receiving. Yeah. Out of the back. Yeah, seriously. Especially if they're not. Be, and then if you don't have any more questions, I have uh, two more. Go ahead with one, because I got one more after that. So Okay. Who's one player we aren't talking about? Who's one player we are not talking about? This is tough. That's a good question. Oh, that's a good question. What player are we not talking about? I'm going to give you one. Why you think. Yeah, go ahead. I don't think we're talking enough about Jimmy G. When Jimmy I was going to go quarterback too, but I, I got it, my answer. When Jimmy G is healthy, he wins games. We're all talking about his backup. Matter of fact, his backup was drafted. This is a fact. Was drafted in more leagues than he was. Okay. And I think a lot of it's for sitting him on the bench because he'll eventually be the guy. If Jimmy G is healthy, I think he plays every game. And I think that the Niners are extremely good. I think they're good with Trey Lance, too. But I think they're very good. Watch out for Jimmy G. 
I think he, nobody's talking about him, and I think it bodes well. I think uh, this league is predicated on pass rushing on defense. I think it's a huge part of the game. Yeah. We talk about the Watts. We talk about the Bosa's. We talk about Mac. We talk about Donald. I don't think anybody talks enough about Von Miller and what he's going to do. Everybody knows I'm high on the Broncos this year. And, you know, people talk about Justin Simmons all the time, the safety. We talk about their new quarterback situation, their trio of receivers who are relatively young. Von Miller comes back. He didn't play a snap last year. And Von Miller is a guy who can get 12 to 20 sacks a season, and he's a Super Bowl MVP. I, I, I think on the defensive side of the ball, Von Miller's just going to work. And uh, week one, he's playing against the Giants, who their offensive line, we'll see. But he could have a real, real big announcement that I'm back with a two or three sack game week one. You said you had one more question before I do my last one. Yeah, so I want to know one or two teams for both good and bad. So what I'm asking is outside of the Patriots, what two teams are you very excited to watch because you have them higher than most people? And yeah. what one or two teams are you really excited because you're like, they're not going to be good, but a lot of people are telling you they are. The two teams, not including New England, not including the Bucks, the two teams that I'm most excited to watch just to see how good they actually are, because I think they are, are the Titans and the Panthers. The Titans, they are literally, they just seem like the greatest show on turf. Good quarterback play, good running back play, two elite receivers. Not a lot of teams have that. I think that that just screams fun and screams 30 points a game, even if they give up 30 points a game. It just seems like a team that's too good. Go ahead. Don't forget about Ferkster, the tight end. And if you guys are playing fantasy, he still might be out there. Not a bad pickup, but keep going. Yeah. Um, another team is the Panthers. Obviously, I've been talking about the Panthers for over a year. Um, for a team that I was as high on as I was last year, they are much improved. Much improved. They they got rid of a slot receiver and brought in a quarterback. Um, they get healthy. Uh, with Christian McCaffrey, and they they continue to draft studs on the defensive side of the ball with J.C. Horn. I love them. I love the Panthers. I can't wait to watch them. Uh, two teams that I'm down on. I don't love the Steelers. I think that they, which I, I think you've started to come around on them. I think you had them at nine and eight, maybe in your prediction. Uh, yeah, that was. I think that's probably where they're at. They're going to win a lot of their games defensively. Ben Roethlisberger, I think, won't lose them games, but I'm just not in love with their offensive line. Um, another team that I'm just, I don't know that I'm not crazy about is the dolphins. I'm not crazy about the dolphins. And a lot of people are picking the dolphins to finish above new England. I'm interested with that pick because I, I, what have we seen from Tua to make us think that he's taking this monster leap? Now I will say this, I will preface it with this beginning of 20 mid 2020. Was it? There was a point in time where I was down on Josh Allen and Josh Allen has now exploded. Okay, I was way wrong. I could be wrong about Tua. I don't think I will be, but I just haven't seen what we need to see on him. Um, yeah. Those yeah, so I guess two teams that I'm high on that not a lot of people, you know, everyone's telling me to pump the brakes or pulling it back. I'll spare the details, but the Broncos and the Vikings, I think both those teams are going to be playoff teams that a lot of people think are going to be middle of the pack. For the Broncos case, they think a lot of people will think that they're going to be bad. Um, I've talked to you off air plenty about this, but I think the Broncos and Vikings and two teams that I think are going to be worse than people give them credit for is one, 
the Cowboys. A lot of people have them either winning the NFC East or having them somewhere between, you know, eight to ten wins, whether it's eight and nine, nine and eight. I I have them as a six-win team. We'll see how it plays out. Don't love the defense. I know they made a lot of changes, so we're going to find out who they are, especially on Thursday night coming up. And the Lions. And I know a lot of people are like, well, most people think the Lions are going to be bad already. Well, we know in this area there's a lot of Lions fans or people that have opinions on the Lions or friends or family that are Lions fans. Everyone wants to tell me this is a 5-6 win team. I think their ceiling's three. That's all I'll say about it. We'll see how it plays out. Don't like the coach. Don't really care for Goff. I think Sean McVay hid what he is. I think Jared Goff was Josh Rosen with good luck. Just found the right quarterback and a better roster. So we'll see how that plays out. But those are my four teams I'm keeping an eye on. I want to add one to your question, but I'm going to alter the question a little bit. A team that I'm not high or low on, I'm almost afraid to make a prediction. The New Orleans Saints. I truly don't know what to make of them. They had the worst cap situation going in the offseason. Jameis Winston is their starter. They still have a Hall of Fame coach, and he's always won, even when Drew Brees is not there. Completely new receiving core. I literally don't know what to make of the team. They don't have Michael Thomas, at least for the first several weeks. Um, I can't even begin to predict them, but I'm intrigued. Yeah, cool. Uh, Last question. Oh, actually, you already offered. You already asked this. Uh, did you actually? I think maybe. the most overvalued team in the NFL. Meaning, this team is valued by a lot, but it's overvalued. Not just a trash team. <laughs> did- Rams. I don't Rams. think the I don't think the Rams are a trash team. Uh, my my record prediction will come out tomorrow for them. I do not think they are a bad team, but I don't think they're a good team. I I. I, I think they're a very middle-of-the-pack team. Yeah. Um, they'll be a tough team to pick a win or a loss because I think they truly are a team that could beat anybody but could lose on any Sunday. Like, I don't think they're a steamrolling team, but they're not a team that you can be unprepared and beat. I just I think Rams take a step back this year. Single-digit wins. Uh, that's a good one. Mine is also in the NFC, and it is the Green Bay Packers. I think they're a team that is extremely overvalued. And why? Because they have Aaron Rodgers, and we just assume that things are going to be a well-oiled machine. There's tension in the building. Nobody wants to talk about it. I'm here to talk about it. I think it will eventually implode. Green Bay Packers, left tackle, gone for at least six weeks. Center, pro bowler, he's on the Chargers. Right tackle, gone. They better hope Aaron Rodgers doesn't get hurt in the first six weeks. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. I am. Uh, I'm. I, I just think they're very overvalued. Do I think they're bad? No, not saying that. Overvalued, maybe. Sure. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna go right into season predictions for yeah. for trophy winners here. Um, let's go ahead and start off with the hot one: the MVP of the league. Who is winning the MVP this year? Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady is going to be top. Let's call it top four in completion percentage, yards, and touchdowns, and maybe probably even top four in touchdown to uh, interception ratio. I think across the board, he's going to be the top quarterback average wise, and I do believe his team will finish with the best record. They will not be a two seed, uh, a, um, a wild card team at the five seed. 
I believe this will be a home team with home field advantage, and he will win the MVP going into the postseason, Tom Brady. Um, a minute ago, I told you who I thought was going to lead the league in passing, Josh Allen. I think he's going to win the MVP because of it, because I think he's going to lead the league in passing, and he will probably be a 13-win team, if not more. Um, it, it It's too probable for him to be it, for me to not pick him. He um, also- I do love to. I do love the pick of Tom Brady, and obviously Patrick Mahomes is is probably right there too. He could potentially lead his team in rushing as well. Josh Allen could so, or he or could. be you know have over 500 yards rushing. That's not about, that's not crazy. Yeah. Uh, offensive player of the year. I think we're probably gonna have the same one here. I've floated back and forth on offensive player of the year. I didn't want to go quarterback, but I kind of talked myself into it. I, I don't think. Again, the Saints, you said they're unpredictable. I don't think they'll have the best record, per se. But um, Alvin Kamara, I think, is in for a really big year. I think Alvin Kamara could potentially be the offensive player of the year. I also like um, George Kittle as a dark horse, the tight end. I like that. Um, traditionally, the offensive player of the year, a lot of times, is the MVP as well. Uh, I'm straying away from saying that. So the offensive yeah, player I'm going with is Jonathan Taylor. Um, I I just think that, as you said, he might lead the league in rushing. I just think that he might be an all-around stud for them. I think he actually might be used a ton in the passing game. I think we're going to look at him more like a Christian McCaffrey and an Alvin Kamara than we were looking at him at this year. I think we look at him as a between the tackles and not really a um, – a three or four down back. I think he is a complete back. I think we're going to see him get more involved in that, in that passing game. And they're not going to start, they're not going to use, you know, Marlon Mack and yeah. Hines. They're going to use Jonathan Taylor because he's truly the best possible running back they can have on the field. Yeah. I had him written down in my paper and I think we're going to start viewing Jonathan Taylor from the Colts. Like we did Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin. Yeah. I think that's how we're going to start to view him after this year. Agree. Uh, dark horse offensive player of the year. I don't, I didn't really have one. I didn't write one down, but you threw him out as a dark horse player to lead the league in the passing. So I'll throw him out as a dark horse of offensive player of the year, Sam Darnold. I, I think we're, we're really boosting up Sam Darnold in this podcast and the Panthers, but I, I truly believe this is a make or break for the, for the Panthers. And I think they finally got their guy. So I think the the dark horse for offensive player of the year it's, I'm going to save him for later because he might be on another award of mine. Okay. Uh, defensive player of the year. I'll start because I know where you're going. But I, I'm going predictable here. And that's and it's okay. I, I'm just predicting he's the said, He's on mine too. <laughs> I think it's Aaron Donald. Until proven otherwise, Aaron Donald is the defensive player of the year because he is every year. Because at this point, I think we've just come to the conclusion that even if he doesn't have the most sacks, the league just respects him so much that he has to do something massively wrong to not get it. We also found out watching the NFL Top 100 this year that when he won it last year and got first, it was the widest margin anybody's ever won the number one spot in the history of the show. He crushed the entire league. Um I would love to say T.J. Watt, but it's looking like he may miss a game or maybe two. I don't know what's going on with the contract situation, so I don't want to put him on my list because he may miss games as much as I don't want to say that. But uh, Miles Garrett, he's in for one this year. He's got a secondary. 
He's got a buddy over there on the other side and Clowney. I think Miles Garrett might, you know, I might say it here. First game, first year with 17 games. It might only take one season for that uh, that sack record to go down, and I think Miles Garrett's looking for it. They also, the Browns, after going 11-5, and five, play a third-place schedule. And one of the teams ahead of them in their own division, the Steelers, are citing five new offensive linemen. Miles Garrett's in for a season. Yeah, yeah. In for a big one. That's fair. Uh, rookie of the year. Let's start with the offensive side. Who are you taking? I've got four names. Do you want me to name them all? Because I might name somebody you named. Just let me go one. Truthfully, there's a lot of names, but give Correct. me your most probable. Number 22 over in Pittsburgh, Najee Harris. Oh. I think they're going to use him in the passing game, in the rushing game. He's going to have a ton of touches. Um, I think the way the Steelers have used running backs who can catch I think they tried to use James Conner this way he just wasn't explosive um Najee Harris is he showed off some of that speed in the preseason um I like Najee Harris to win rookie of the year if it's um if it's not going to be a quarterback I like Najee you're such a homer I'm taking Mac Jones <laughs> no I'm He's being second on my list. He's second I am on my list. as a guy that's supposed to start from week one just like Trevor Mac's in a much better situation. Mac has a way better offensive line, a strong running game as a community. And I think that after last year, me crushing on their weapons, they have several good weapons now. Um, I like their two tight end, three tight end. Devin Asiasi all of a sudden is starting to uh, create himself as a name here. Watch out for him as a third tight end in the offense. Um, Jacoby Myers is starting to really come alive. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, who had eight touchdowns last year. Watch out for Mac Jones just to really get himself a good season because I don't think he's going to throw a ton of picks. I think well, he's probably going to be in the 28-9 and nine range. I think I just don't want to mistake success for stats. And, and what I mean by that is, like, I just feel like the rookie of the year is usually someone who explodes on the stat sheet. And for Mac, it may be, you know, a good game, 15 for 23, 189 yards, one touchdown, no picks. And they win by 15 points. But Max going to be a game, I think he's going to do well. I think the Patriots are going to do well. But I don't think Mac himself, they're going to look at the Patriots situation and be like, he played okay, but, you know, the defense played really well. The running game stepped up. To what you said on why the Patriots will do well, I just don't think it'll bode well for Mac in an offensive rookie of the year attempt. Um, I know a guy we both have on our list is Kyle Pitts. That's going to be a stat machine. I think that's going to be the opposite way. I think Kyle Pitts is going to have oodles of numbers. But what is what are the Falcons going to have to show for that? We don't really know. Yeah. Um, do you have a dark horse, though? Yeah, I do, actually. A team that everybody is very low on, and the roster's trash, and I'm not even sure who the quarterback's going to be in week five. Nico Collins, the wide receiver for the Houston Texans. Uh, Nico is supposed to start week one. He is supposed to be one of their top guys. They love him. Um, he's made some impact plays. Watch out for Nico Collins, the wide receiver, just come out of nowhere. There was a dark horse in the back, and then in that dark horse's shadow is Nico Collins' dark horse. You went deep for that one. Yeah. But um, I think uh, right now it's supposed to be a 50-50 backfield, but – 
Raheem Mostert's only good for about 11 games a year. If Trey Sermon can assert himself as the starter with yeah. that offensive line, Kittle's pretty much a sixth offensive lineman. The way they scheme good running games constantly in San Francisco, Trey Sermon could really be in for a big year. And, you know, we talked about Harris and ETN. Sermon could be the running back who ends up taking this this award home. Yeah. Um, defensive rookie of the year. I was bouncing back between two. I want to go with one, but it's just not probable. Uh, I think the easier one would be Micah Parsons, linebacker for the Cowboys. Yeah, I don't know how successful the Cowboys are going to be, but I think Micah Parsons is in for a 90-plus tackle season. I mean, he's all over the field, sideline to sideline speed. Um, I have him written down, but the guy I'm going to go with is Patrick Sertain. Uh, the corner for the Broncos. Um, I think he's got an elite ball skills ability. Alabama does produce some pretty good DBs over the years. Um, he's playing opposite a Pro Bowl corner in Kyle Fuller. He's got maybe the best safety in the league behind him. He's got a really good pass rush in front of him. I think there's going to be plenty of opportunity for Patrick Sertain. And if in his rookie year, he can grab four, four or more interceptions. I think he'll have a good case for, for rookie of the year. Yeah, the, the guy I wanted to take, and I just didn't want to take a corner because, truthfully, a lot of times a good corner, their stats aren't that great. Revis never had great stats. He was a fantastic corner. Watch out for my boy, J.C. Horn. I wanted New England to get him in the draft. He ended up going to the Panthers. I know I'm talking about the Panthers again. You guys are probably like, Jeff, why aren't you a Panthers fan? Uh, I watch for J.C. Horn. <laughs> I'll say this. Uh, Brad talks about Patrick Sertan. J.C. Horn was the best corner in the draft. He'll prove that. I think he is just an absolute stud. Um, we'll keep it moving. Comeback player, of the, comeback player of the year. He's also one of my options for offensive player of the year. And that's Dak Prescott. Um, whether the Cowboys do well or not, my Lord, the passing numbers he put up. Even though he lost most of the games, he was out for like, two and a half games before someone passed him in the passing yards. Um, honestly, I'm kind of feeling stupid not having him as my prediction for passing leader. Um, Amari Cooper looks like he's out for something to prove. I think there's something inside of him. You know, why are they saying CeeDee Lamb's already better than me? I think that's firing him up. CeeDee Lamb's trying to announce himself. Michael Gallup's out there. Uh, the O-line's back. We'll see how well they play or how long they last. But, you know, the pieces are there. I think Dak Prescott could have a massive year. He's my offensive pick. Yeah, that's a that's a really nice one. Obviously, I have the exact same thing written down. I'm going to go with a different one here, though, just to keep it uh, fresh. Sam, Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. CMC is another good one. Both have candidates. Sam Darnold. Okay, if we're just talking back from injury, um, CMC, I guess, would be that guy out for, what, 15 games last year? 14 yes. games? He, he, only 14. he would definitely be considered an injury comeback player of the year. Um, defensive, though, Nick Bosa. Have, Nick yeah. Bosa missed a ton. Watch out for the Niners to be really good and watch I, out for they have a sack season. Von Miller answered yeah. your question. We're not going to yep. watch out for Von. Yeah. Uh, are we ready for uh, our first power rankings of the whole year? Are, yep. are, are we ready for this? Ready? 
Guys, this is something that Brad and I do every single week. Um, and we've been doing this now since uh, week, actually the preseason of last year. I think we did one for the first time. But we love rankings. We love our power rankings. We do these literally every week for you guys. And we like to uh, like to tell you the reasons why. And we like to hear why your team should be or shouldn't be. And um, yeah. You want to start or you want me to start? I can start. Go um, ahead. I, I will start. Um... At number 10, I'm going to go with the Indianapolis Colts. Um, I do think they upgrade at quarterback. I think they upgrade on the offensive line. And I'll keep it short and sweet. They were, I believe, one of few teams or the only team to be top 10 in offense and defense last year at the end of the regular season. Well-rounded team. Uh, Number nine, uh, I have the Seattle Seahawks. Um, Russell Wilson's Russell Wilson. Chris Carson's good running back. I just have a lot of questions on their offensive line, and they seem to have about five players that, like, if one of them go down, it's, like, catastrophic for their offensive defense. You look at Russ, Dwayne Brown, Metcalf, Jamal Adams, Bobby Wagner. If any one of them get hurt, it's just too big of a hole, and they have no corners. But Russell Wilson's going to give them the number nine spot to start the season. Everyone knows I'm tough on them. Number eight, I'm going to come in with the 49ers. Uh, Jimmy G's back. He wins a lot of games. Kyle Shanahan's offense. George Kittle comes back. Brandon Ayuk, year two, which we didn't even talk about him and the people who can break out from year one to two. Devo Samuel. They're just such a good team. They get Nick Bosa back to go with Eric Armstrong, D. Ford, uh, Fred Wagner. Their front seven's loaded. Um, they'll have some questions on the back end, but I like the 49ers a lot. Number seven is going to be the Packers. Again, offensive line questions. Them and the Seahawks are a little bit in the same, but Aaron Rodgers, MVP, Devontae Adams, another 99 in Madden, both on that offense. They can score at the best of them. Number six, I'm going to go with Ravens. Lamar Jackson, still in the regular season, is the most difficult player to game plan for within a week. He is so dynamic and so diverse. And the Ravens' defense is top five in the NFL. At every single level, they got players. Number five, this is probably going to be the most shocking, but I have it there. When I did a deep dive into this team, I was—I just feel blown away. I think they're going to be so good. The Minnesota Vikings, I think they have two receivers, Thielen and Jefferson. They have good quarterback play. Delvin Cook's a top three running back. They have a top five middle linebacker. They add two big pieces on the D-line. Patrick Peterson, Brashawn Breland, who are both number one corners for their respective teams now in the Vikings, Harrison Smith. I believe the defense, which was sometimes a liability last year, will complement this offense and they will be explosive. Um, number four, three, two, and one. I don't see how you could have any other teams in this top four. The order will differ. Number four, I have the Buffalo Bills. I'm going to spare the details. Buffalo Bills. Number three. The Cleveland Browns, which I believe is the top to bottom, top top two or three roster in the league. Number two, Kansas City Chiefs. Their offense is unstoppable. Number one's got to be the Champa Bay Buccaneers. My near misses, which people are going to give me crap for, are Rams, Titans, and then two I thought about were Patriots, Broncos. But those four teams stay off my list. I went off my projections when I did my my rosters. 
So I'm going off that. Obviously, things can change drastically after week one, after we see some stuff played. But I took all the work I did on predicting these records, took the top 14 teams, and decided how I wanted to do my top 10. That's how it worked out. Again, that's Patriots, Seahawks, 49ers, Packers, Ravens, Vikings, Bills, Browns, Chiefs, Buccaneers. It's a great list. Makes a lot of sense. Um, there's a couple teams we're going to differ on, and there's a there's a couple teams that were actually pretty few, big. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, you're gonna have the Titans and Rams in there. Uh, spoiler: uh, uh, Titans are my 11th team. They're not in. Oh uh, wow! You yeah, love the Titans. I know. I left them out because I thought there was 10 teams better than them. That's fair. Number 10, the Seattle Seahawks. This team is on here simply because Russell Wilson is Russell Wilson and he wins games. But I don't love this team overall. I think that they're just going to be a really good team that's just not going to be able to get it done like every other year. This is just a team that unfortunately is really good through the first eight to 10 weeks. And then unfortunately they, they unravel and that maybe they might win the division, but it's just not enough. There's two teams in their own division that are better than them. Uh, number nine, I absolutely love this team. Not enough people are talking about them. They have upgraded pretty much everywhere that you can upgrade unless you were already good. Um, it's the New England Patriots. And I've stated just facts there. They upgraded at quarterback. At least I think they did. I know for a fact they upgraded on the offensive line. They upgraded on the defensive line. They upgraded in the secondary. They are so incredibly better than they were last year. It's not funny. Um, and they won seven games. Watch out. Number eight, this team probably has a case to be higher, but I left them down. I think you were down on them, too. I forgot where you put them. The Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, lots to love about the team. Ultimately, I have a prediction. I think they'll implode, and I don't know when they'll implode, but I just don't think they're going to be a threat. Number seven, we differ here, and I, you have them much higher than me, the Cleveland Browns. Great roster. Not a lot to not like. They're going to win a lot of games as are everybody on this list, but I don't think they're a championship contender. Wow. Just don't. That's really where it boils down to because this team in their own divisions better. Number six, the Baltimore Ravens who I picked to win that division in our, in our division breakdown. Um, the Ravens actually did get better in a weakness area. They upgraded at receiver. Now, unfortunately, Bateman's going to be out for a couple of weeks, but they still got Sammy Watkins. Regardless, they upgraded at receiver. Uh, they lost Judon last year, but ultimately, I think, as you pointed out, too, they still got a top five defense. They'll be, they'll be just fine. Number five, <laughs> the Rams. The Rams are a team that flirted with everybody's emotions last year and actually alluded to. As you alluded to earlier in this pod, Jared Goff was carried by Sean McVay. Now he has a quarterback that compliments him. For the first time in their lives, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup have somebody that they can trust and can get them the ball. And, shockingly, after losing Cam Makers, I think this team has a solid run game. Sony Michelle and Malcolm Brown can get... Is it Malcolm Brown? Deverly Henderson? Deverly Henderson. Uh, Daryl Henderson, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, they have two capable backs, and I think it bodes well for them because they're going to be running back com by committee, and I think that'll be all right. But the third third team from the a or NFC West, it's the 49ers at four, and I thought for sure you'd have the Niners at four in, the, in your top four, but you didn't. This team is way too talented across the entire board, and when healthy, they have a question at being the best team in the league, and they could very easily hop 
these next couple of teams. But number three, Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen. We have to we don't have to talk anymore about them. This team could easily be two or one if they actually had a running game. But I love this team everywhere else. Number two, until until proven otherwise, nobody can beat this team except for Tampa Bay. It's Kansas City. Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes, they're just too good, man. Um, they're going to be right there in the mix again this year, and, and they're going to be fighting for another Super Bowl and, and, and a third straight trip. And then number one, it is the 100% returning Super Bowl roster. If you don't have them at number one, you're being biased. Uh, Tom Brady and company return for, uh, for Act 2. This team is too good. Um, Colin Cowherd said something the other day, and I, I think it's worth repeating. It's the first team that he can ever remember that went into the NFL draft to draft depth. They drafted zero starters. There wasn't a single time in the draft they were looking for a starter. They have them. It's, it's very rare. This team's very good. They're very stacked. They're better than your favorite team, and uh, you'll be lucky to beat them this year. Yeah, we... Um... We basically swapped the 49ers and Browns. Yeah. And then obviously our fifth teams equally were not on each other's list, which is kind of funny how that worked out. Who was your fifth? uh, I had the Vikings. Uh, That's right. Yeah. But I I like the Vikings, but I think they're a 10-week team, and that's not enough to get on this list. So I do have two more questions for you. One, I, I just, you know, I spent all that time going through my, uh, you know, making the wins and losses and sure, you know, everyone's got their opinions. I hope everyone has fun with it, whether you agree or disagree. I just hope you enjoy reading through them and maybe laughing at me or being like, well, maybe. So I have, I believe it's 11 teams that have seven or less wins. So seven and 10 or worse. I'd like to go through them and see if you disagree. Just seven or worse. So the bottom third of the league ready hit me one team at a time i'm gonna go from lowest amount of wins to highest so texans oh under seven so you agree okay yeah lions under seven jags under seven jets under seven easy those are four easy ones yep falcons i want to go under seven but i would not be shocked to see them at eight do you agree or disagree? Seven or I under? I agree with you, but they are they are right in that seven to eight range. They are there. right there. Bengals. Oh, under. Eagles. Under. Cowboys. They're over that. Okay, so you I, disagree. I, I think I got them at ten and seven, just off the top of my head. Raiders. Just like the Falcons, they're the seven or eight, but I'm I think you're good at under. Cardinals. Who? This is Tough the hardest. Division. This is the hardest one. Tough division. Not everybody can win ten games. I think you're right. Exactly. That's the problem. So that it's just kind of some of these last ones were just to point out. You know, like Cardinals are going to win more than you know. You know, you could say 10 wins, but like once you start to, you know, do the math. So you agree with the Cardinals, though. They're, you're saying under seven? Seven or under. So under eight. Yeah, I I, th- I could see them at seven. But they are so, the toughest one. That you, the toughest the one last you. team, which I have at seven and ten, the Dolphins. Though I said there, I'm down on the Dolphins. 
they have a defense much like the Steelers that I think can get them to at least 500. I think you're off there. Okay. So only two teams. So that's kind of fun. But um... two wins against the Jets. So can they beat five other teams? I think they can. Can they beat six? Yes. Can they beat seven? I don't know. And then my last question to you is, um, Colin always says this all the time. Every single NFL season, there's four teams that made the playoffs that will miss and four teams that missed that will make it. I am asking you, I have the teams in front of me if you need them for help. What four teams that made the playoffs do you think will miss and who missed the playoffs that you think will make it? For example, mine in the AFC. Teams that made it last year that will miss, I have the Steelers and Titans. But teams that didn't that will, I have Patriots, Broncos. In the NFC, made it that won't, Saints and the Rams. Teams that will make it, 49ers, Vikings. So we'll remove the Chiefs. Do you have the AFC playoff teams in front of you? I do. Just read them in order. Chiefs. Making it. Bills. Making it. Steelers. Probably not. Titans. Making it. Ravens. Making it. Browns. Making it. Colts. AFC stacked. AFC is stacked. The Colts are going to find themselves out. Okay. I have so Colts Steelers. The Colts will be, or the Steelers will be replaced by the Ravens. Okay. The Colts will be replaced by the Patriots. And do I have one more team? Yep, because uh, you have the Steelers missing and the Colts missing. So you're replacing them with, well, the Ravens move up. So the Patriots move in, and you need to replace the Colts then. Gosh, uh, I twisted my head. Don't hold me to it, yep. Chargers. Okay, yeah, so the Chargers are up there. So you have yep. the Chargers and the Patriots coming in, Colts, Steelers moving out. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so for the NFC, Packers. Making it. Saints. They're out. Seahawks. Oh, wow. Come back to that one. Washington. Out. Buccaneers. In, but moving Ram- up. Rams. In. Bears. Bears are out. So how do I have three out there? You have the oh. Washington and the Bears out. Washington replaced with the Cowboys. Okay. <laughs> Who win that division. And if it's not the Cowboys, it'll be the Giants. Washington's third best in that division. Um, We're moving... We're moving uh, the Bears out completely. Yeah. And so the Seahawks can stay in. The Rams can stay in. The Niners are going to take over the Bears spot. Okay. Okay. And then you got the Saints that you still kicked out. So you have Washington. Bucks move up. So I got to replace the Bucks. Mm-hmm. The Bucks are going to be replaced with. Wow. The Vikings? Twist my arm, the Vikings. 
I'm not as high on them as you are, but I like the Vikings. I think you're not far off with what you've said about them. Um, but I do think that the NFC West gets three teams in, Seahawks being the last one probably. Yeah. And if, it, if it is by chance the Rams that squeak in, God, I feel I feel awful for the second place team that's got to play them. That was just fun. I just so you have five teams changing. I have four, but we're both in agreement on the Steelers. We are both in agreement on um, the Saints and the Bears all missing, or no, just the the Saints. Excuse me, Saints and. Um, Maybe it's just the Saints that we agree on. Yeah, it's just the Saints and Steelers that we agree on. Those are our only changes. Yeah. I mean, we differ a couple different ways, but I don't think we're too far off regardless. But Yeah, and that's, that's what's fun, guys. I know some people just like to, you know, I can't wait to watch football, watch my favorite team. But I think Jeff and I and hopefully some of you guys really find enjoyment on, like, predicting things and, like, sticking to your pick integrity and then seeing how it holds up later in the season. That's that's where a lot of joy comes from me. So when I take the time to sit here and write all 32 teams schedules and go game by game, like sure. I take the heat for Owen 17 teams or 17 and O teams, but like, I just like to see, you know, where I'm at for the season, what my predictions hold so that when we go forward, I can be like, well, last year I got this team, right. Or last year I got this many things, right. So that's something that's fun for me. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. Even if it's just a little bit, Maybe you read a couple records and give a little small exhale out of your nose, maybe a little giggle. Absolutely. Well, I think that's going to wrap her up. We uh, we gave you about an hour's worth, gave you all kinds of different stuff, different random questions. We're bouncing off each other and, and uh, predictions for the season awards and as well as our top uh, 10 to 11-ish, 12-ish picks for our power rankings before next week. Um, Brad already gave you a survival pick of the Bucks over the Cowboys. I also have the Bucks beating the Cowboys on Thursday night. Um, one last thing, guys. Happy football. We absolutely made it. We are here. We are back. Follow us on Facebook, on the Facebook page, so that you can hear us on Real Talk Live for week one as we announce special announcements for our, our new location and the Madden giveaway. Yes, sir. Casey, who's got this house smelling delicious with dinner right now as I'm finishing up this podcast. And also, Le'Veon Bell just signed to the Ravens practice squad. They brought in Devontae Freeman, Le'Veon Bell, and Todd Gurley after Justice Hill tore his Achilles. He is signing to the practice squad. And um, he will only be on the practice squad versus the Raiders, so I do not think he will travel. But it's looking like Le'Veon Bell could be a Raven. Watch out. All right, guys, we're out. Real talk.